0: Canadian military bases have mandated
1: menstruation kits in men's bathrooms. Following a series of telephone town hall meetings, the Alberta Pension Plan Engagement Panel reports that approximately half of participants oppose the proposed Alberta Pension Plan. Canadians can
0: expect to see even less in their paychecks next year due to new tax hikes. Hello Canada, it is Monday, December 11th and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Andrew Lawton. And I'm William Macbeth. We have got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. In a move to align with the Liberal government's commitment to, quote, inclusivity, Canadian military bases are now required to provide menstrual products, including tampons and pads, in men's bathrooms by December 15th this directive issued by employment and social development canada extends to all federally regulated workplaces and military installations according to an exclusive by true north Uh, true north has verified the implementation of the policy in at least one canadian armed forces base where menstruation kits are now available for men in the washroom Major Sumin Kim of the Department of National Defence confirmed this decision aligns with the federal government directive, emphasizing compliance with the Canada Labour Code. Major Kim told True North that uh, all federally managed washrooms will be required to provide menstrual products to all employees. The military is no exception. The federal directive underscores its commitment to, quote, "...better protecting menstruating employees by mandating the presence of menstrual products in all toilet rooms, irrespective of their designated genders." According to a recent federal briefing note, the Canadian Armed Forces is facing a recruitment crisis as it struggles to find able and willing Canadians to fill the military's thinning ranks. Uh, It's easy to look at this as being a military problem, but the military is basically just looking at the federal government's messaging here and saying that if we don't comply with this, we could get in trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the military is in a bit of a tough spot here. It's forced to adhere to federal government legislation. We have a civilian controlled military. But at the same time, there is a massive recruitment problem happening within the military. And I wonder if the federal government is bothered. to Think about how some of these policies will affect actual recruitment when it comes to bringing more people into the CAF. I would agree with
0: that. And I mean, it's easy to look at this and, and just sort of chuckle at it. But there's a very real issue underlying all of this, which is that uh, we are so focused on virtue signaling, no one looks at the underlying question of how many people does this even affect? I mean, how uh, to be honest, how long are the tampons going to be sitting in the men's washrooms at the Canadian Armed Forces base? Because this is a policy and, and quite a significant one
1: that's really solving a problem that doesn't exist. Absolutely. It's bulk virtue signaling on the part of the federal government. And what it does, though, is create tension and issues where there didn't need to be any on military bases. As you said, this would impact a very small number of people. The solution could probably have been much more low-key. And instead, they've gone with a highly visible approach that is further going to convince potential recruits that the Canadian military isn't about defending Canada and promoting democracy and liberty at home and abroad. It is about virtue signaling and wokeness, and I can't imagine that's what prospective soldiers are looking for. Following a series of telephone town hall meetings, the Alberta Pension Plan Engagement Panel, led by former provincial Treasurer Jim Dinning, reports that approximately half of the participants opposed the proposed Alberta Pension Plan. In a recent update by Dinning alongside Finance Minister Nate Horner, the panel revealed that over 76,000 Albertans participated in the telephone town halls and more than 94,000 completed an online survey. Dinning summarized the public response, stating, quote, It's fair to say that we heard from many Albertans who oppose the idea of exiting the Canadian pension plan and moving to an Alberta plan, many of them passionate. However, Dinning noted that others were entirely in favor of a provincial pension plan. Dinning and Horner indicated that the future of the APP hinges on the awaited report of the federal government's chief actuary. The federal report is pivotal to the future of the APP as it's expected to provide critical data on Alberta's share of the Canada pension plan's assets. Amidst the ongoing discussions, Horner reassured Albertans about the security of their pensions, irrespective of the APP's outcome he referenced the Alberta Pension Protection Act, which promises that the Alberta government will not move forward with a provincial pension plan unless it is approved by Albertans in a referendum. So Andrew, as someone who isn't in Alberta, I don't know if you've been closely following this Alberta pension plan saga, but Do you think that if given the choice, Albertans are going to opt to select their own pension plan rather than the Canada pension plan?
0: It's a really, really tough one. And I mean, it was easy to laugh at Jim Didding's comments there, which were basically, well, some people are for it and some people are against it. The reality is the government has said this is going to be a decision that is made if it's going to be made at all by a referendum. What happens if you get 50% plus one? This is a pretty major change to go into with just a a very very slim majority if that's the direction things head into so I think that the challenge here is that right now people are deciding without all the information the Alberta government has put forward its figure of what it thinks Albertans are entitled to from that that might not be the real number so if the number is significantly lower it's quite possible that so too would the public support for an Alberta pension plan conversely if the number is higher or there's a bit more certainty, more Albertans may be in favor of it. So I think it's a useful barometer for where things will go from here, but I, I don't think at all that this is evidence of this whole thing being dead in the water.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think there's also an ideological attachment possibly to the idea of an Alberta pension plan, maybe less so the nuts and bolts of what it comes to, when it, what an Alberta pension plan would actually look like I think there's a concern on the part of Albertans that a federal pension plan might eventually move towards defunding oil and gas projects in Canada, uh, pursuing so-called green projects instead of, of pursuing other ones that have traditionally provided a better rate of return. So I think there's some nervousness that uh, Albertans have very little faith in the federal government, and maybe they'd be better off on their own.
0: Yeah, and and that's one thing where I'm all for sovereignty, and I'm all for provinces saying we need to do everything we can as a province, as a province. Like, you know, let's have a provincial police force, let's do provincial income tax collection, all of that. The pension has been one where I've equivocated on, I I wouldn't say equivocated, but I've put a caveat there in that this is a decision that I think should be made based on economics and not based on ideology. And I think most... Most Albertans will probably do that, but I go back to the point I raised earlier, it's hard to do that without knowing what that number is. Canadians are about to take home less from each paycheck starting in January as payroll taxes are set to increase. Federal Employment Insurance and the Canada Pension Plan will have changes in 2024 once again that will ultimately lessen how much Canadians will ultimately take home on their paychecks. The Canadian Federation of Independent Business provided a breakdown. Beginning January 1st, the EI premium for employees will go from $1.63 to $1.66 per hundred dollars and on the employer side that works out to be 228 to 232. A modest increase but still an increase nonetheless. The maximum insurable earnings will go up from $61,500 to $63,200. Uh, Canada pension plan contributions, which have an annual ceiling of 5.95%, will have the maximum contribution raised from $3,754 to 3867 The maximum pensionable earnings under CPP will also increase from 66000 to $68,500 next year, according to the federal government. In 2024, a second CPP ceiling will also be introduced, requiring a 4% contribution from middle-income employees and their employers on incomes from $68,500 to $73,200. Total employer contributions with CPP and EI combined could add up to $5,524 per employee employee next year now this is a standard it's an increase that we see every year indexed supposedly to inflation now the issue here is that canadians are grappling with very real world inflation so even if this cpp money is going into a fund that theoretically is theirs uh, that take-home pay going down is not insignificant for people
1: no i think you're absolutely right o- on the whole i think canadians support small increases to their cpp premiums In order for benefits to keep pace with things like the cost of living. And if you look at other countries, particularly the United States and their social security program, a failure to keep those contributions at the right level can put the future of payouts in jeopardy. But all of that being said, I think there is a very real worry that this is a tough time for Canadians paying hugely higher grocery bills, higher rents, higher mortgage payments, Uh, cost of living just generally up across the board. And now on top of that, we're layering on more uh, payroll taxes and you're paying them to a higher portion of your income. So those are two things that I don't think Canadians are going to be thrilled about even if, in general, they support the idea of a sustainable pension system.
0: And I would also say that on the employer side, this is incredibly disruptive. Uh, You know, anyone who's ever been an employer knows that employers have to effectively match the contributions their employees are making, which means there's this hidden cost when you hire someone that is continuing to go up. And I mean, people can address whether this is fair and reasonable or not, but it certainly is not inexpensive for small employers that have, in in many sectors, raised Are thin margins, is it?
1: Absolutely. If you think about some of the industries where the margin is 1% or 2% or uh, operating on a similarly narrow scale, adding these increased employer costs, which are more burdensome on businesses, on small businesses, than they are on the employees. Um, All of that said, I think there are a lot of pressures on, on small businesses. This is just adding to it. It's like, you know, how many straws can you put on that camel's back before it's one too many? And, Andrew, I just want to say, the other thing I think people will be shocked about is the fact that there's this second CPP coming in for so-called middle-income employees. Four uh, percent is a huge amount. That's $4 for every $100 being earned. I think Canadians are going to notice if they've been earning in that amount for the past couple of years a huge bite out of their paychecks when that comes into effect. And the question is, is this the right time, or is the, is the government pushing too far, too fast? during tough economic times when Canadians can least afford to face higher bills.
0: that is it for today. Don't forget to check in at tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Plus, I will be back at 1 p.m. Eastern for The Andrew Lawton Show Live, and Ratioed with Harrison Faulkner is coming up at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors and colleagues and cousins and uncles. Share it with everyone. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.